We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday. It's October 6th. It is 2023. Here to talk week five NFL, as always, joined by my good friend Keith Eister. Eyes 819. Keith, we got a Friday football podcast. Well, Thursday night recording, but uh, uh, pushed it back. We're watching your Bears dominate um the commanders i know you're feeling good about that one but as a bears fan you're probably not feeling too good because they are the bears um how's it going my friend yeah very very similar looking game to uh last week against the broncos they were up 28 to 3 took the 27 3 lead into halftime here and uh washington immediately marched it down the field to start the second half so we'll see if this bears defense holds up but i think there's going to be a lot of scoring on the washington side we'll see if the bears let up and just kind of let them back in the game or if they keep pressing uh unfortunately looks like they're going to be without some running backs here Khalil Herbert just went down um after Roshan Johnson was down early so not not sure if they're going to be able to sit on the football here they might have to keep throwing yeah that uh three and out we'll see Logan Thomas I have a I was telling Keith like I have a really really good DFS team going um that just kind of needs Robinson to you know maybe get like 15 fantasy points that'd be fantastic so We'll see how that game. Yeah, you were kind all of... over D- all over DJ Moore on the podcast last night. Shout out to you! You nailed that one. He had his uh, over receiving prop in um, like within the first couple minutes of the game. He he had doubled it up by the time the first quarter was over. So a monster performance from DJ Moore. Yeah, I mean, you, you love to see the aggressiveness from Chicago, right? They you know won the toss and they're like, hey, we want the ball. Um, and yeah, I mean. If they could play a good second half, I mean, that's kind of what they did last week is just not play a good second half. So uh, excited to talk week five, week four in the books. Week four for me, not great. Um, I had a lot of pieces right, and the pieces that I had wrong, I was way overweight, way overweight on those pieces, and I it just wasn't a good week. You know, I had a ton of Zach Moss last week, so much Zach Moss. He's one of my highest-known players. And uh, he just didn't have a good week. So 
he was one of them. There was a couple others. Um, I mean, we were on a lot of the right things. Um, just, you know, overall, uh, missed on a few pieces my first losing week of the season, so I can't complain too much. Um, so we'll see if we can bounce back here in week five. I love this slate, by the way. I think this slate is a lot of fun, a lot of ways to approach it. Keith, week four for you, week five overview. What do you got for me? Yeah, week four was was okay. Another small profit. I didn't really have any sweats, though. Just a bunch of min caches. Like you said, we were on a lot of good stuff. Had enough digs. Um, had a bunch of McCaffrey, which really bailed me out. I was underweight on Kyron Williams, which he he had another two touchdowns. Um, just continues to get there, man. Feels like a guy that it would be safe to fade, uh, but he continues to fall in the end zone. Had a bunch of Puka again. That that really worked out. Nico Collins, another one we were on pretty heavy. Um, so yeah, I mean, small small profit, but nothing serious. Didn't even really have a sweat at, at the end. Was just kind of hoping to stay in the green. Managed to do that, um, but but nothing big for me. Just almost a break even week. Yeah, I mean, that's sometimes break even weeks are okay. You know, it's we do we do this for eighteen weeks, and you know, obviously the playoffs, and we get the Thanksgiving slates where that feels like an extra week. Um, but I, I mean, overall, you know, you're never mad about break even weeks, like. You're gonna have those weeks where you just you're hoping for break even when the when some of the stuff starts going down. <laughs> um, I ended up way underweight on Williams, um, and yeah. maybe it was a mistake, but I mean, it just he he crushed, and you know, obviously, it's gonna be a spot that we're gonna talk about again on this week sure. because yeah. of his his usage. So I am uh, I'm a lot further along in my research than I typically am when we do the football podcast because we usually record on Wednesdays. But with baseball season winding down and a couple weeks before basketball, we waited an extra day and uh, feel really good about where I'm at. So let's let's jump in and uh, talk smaller slate this week. We've got the the London game and and some bye weeks, so only ten games this time. It's fun. It's it's a fun slate. So. We, uh, we get started here. Houston at Atlanta, 41 and a half total. Atlanta, a one and a half point favorite in this game. We'll go to the Houston side first. I mean, one of the biggest surprises I feel like for most people this season has been the passing attack for Houston and what CJ Stroud, what Nico Collins, what Tank Dell has been able to do. Damian Pierce last week um, was on his rushing prop last week. He got there. Finally had a good rushing game. I think he had like 80 plus yards. So that kind of worked out. I don't love the matchup in this game overall, you know, just because of like how slow this game potentially could be. But is this a spot we just continue to ride like Nico Collins tank Dell? They're still cheap. I don't think you necessarily have to pair them with CJ Stroud. And do we just keep looking at these two pass catchers here? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little more interested in this game environment than you, I think. It's in the Dome in Atlanta. That definitely helps. It could be slow pace, like you mentioned, but C.J. Stroud has looked incredible. He looks like the best quarterback in this class early on. I mean, obviously, Richardson, we knew he was going to take some development, and, and Bryce Young doesn't quite have the, the pass catchers around him that Stroud does, but Stroud has looked incredible. I have some interest in playing him here against a bad uh, Atlanta defense. We know where the ball's going. Like you mentioned, Nico Collins has had an awesome target share here. Another nine for him last week, 168 yards, just continues to put up monster games. I don't think the price has quite caught up to his role in his production so far. So Nico Collins is going to be, again, one of my higher-owned wide receivers. Um, Tank Dell, if you if you want to go for the double stack, certainly don't mind him. 
little bit of a down week for him last last week, but definitely looks like a very talented wide receiver. Still just 4,800. I'm, I'm good taking some shots there on Tank Dell. Um, did, did see Dalton Schultz find the end zone last week as well. 3,400. A tight end has just been a complete wasteland this year. So you just, I think you just kind of, kind of keep spreading it around and hoping to find the touchdowns here. Dalton Schultz will be a small piece of my build. Not so much interested in, in Damian Pierce. The, the Atlanta run defense has looked okay. Um, and he just, the efficiency for him just has not quite paid off. So I'm, I'm on the Houston passing attack. And I feel like they, like them, I was a little surprised to see them open up as underdogs here. Uh, Houston has looked really good. Atlanta has looked inept outside of Bijan Robinson. So I feel like Houston can win this game. And I think they do it on the back of their passing game. I don't disagree with you as far as like, if they win this game, it's, it's going to be from the passing attack. Like Atlanta has been really solid against the run, like graded third overall um, on pro football focus for run defense this season. So, but they're 26 in pass DVOA. So, I mean, let's, let's be honest. This is a spot. If it, if Houston is going to continue to attack through the air, we could see a big game from Collins. We could see a big game from Dell. And I mean, they're still so cheap that like, it's really hard for me to say like, we can't have exposure or interest in them because they just keep crushing. They seem like they want to throw the football as much as possible. Um, so it's hard for me. Like you said, it, I worry about Atlanta running the ball down Houston's throat and just controlling the clock in this game. And we're going to talk about Bijan. Um, and that's like, that's my biggest concern is just Atlanta. But I mean, looking at like pace stats, cause I, I mean, I was like, Oh, this game might go slow. Atlanta actually plays pretty fast. Um, so maybe this is an underrated spot that I need to look into more. Um, and you might be onto something here. So uh, Atlanta side of this game, I mean, we just kind of, I just kind of hinted at it. I think Bijan Robinson's the best running back play on the entire slate. Like, I hate the fact that, like, it's a, I, I don't even know if we want to call it like a split because Bijan is still, like, not coming off the field whatsoever. Um, I mean, like, they're, they're playing him in the slot, they're moving him around. They, like, he's still on the field a ton. So I don't know if I necessarily want to sp- say a split, but I mean, you still worry about Algier doing a little bit but i mean how can you not love Bijan robinson in this spot at home as a favorite against houston yeah i completely agree he's the best running back play on this the slate the role even though he's not doesn't have like an 80 percent snap share or anything the role is still incredible um he's received at least five targets in all four games so still involved in in the passing game um game script proofed in in that regard i mentioned it i don't really love atlanta as as home favorites here um, but Bijan will be involved even if they're playing from behind. So feel super safe about him. The Houston run defense has been something we've attacked for years. Um, they're they're only slightly better. They were the worst rush defense in football last year, only slightly better this year. Bijan's just not not pricey enough for his role here. Um, game script proof, absolutely love it. I'm not looking anywhere else on on Atlanta. It's part like that's why I love like this game stack is because you know exactly where to go. It's, it's Stroud, Collins, and Dell if you want to double stack it. And then on the Atlanta side, it's very obviously B. John Robinson for me. I have no interest in the Atlanta passing attack. Desmond Ritter has looked like the worst quarterback in football. Uh, Kyle Pitts is playing banged up, it looks like. He just doesn't look like the same athletic freak that, that he was coming out of Florida. Um, Drake London is really frustrating. So no interest in the Atlanta passing attack. It's all B. John Robinson for me. I will say, like if you're going to double stack and play Stroud – 
I wouldn't mind running it back with like a Mac Hollins or a Kyle Pitts just because of the price. Like Mac Hollins has been very involved in the red zone. You you really need him to score a touchdown, but they've been taking shots with him deep as well. So like you could see like a 40 yard touchdown from Mac Hollins at 3,300 on your double stack run back. Um, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, Kyle Pitts, like you said, Last week, they trailed almost the entire game to Jacksonville. He still only had four targets. So really just don't know what to expect from Kyle Pitts at this point. Um, like you said, maybe he is playing banged up. Um, maybe it's just a really tough spot. So, yeah, we'll we'll have to see how it plays out. I mean, I definitely like your thought process on how, how condensed potentially this game is overall. Um, so, um, I mean, those are the types of games that I like to stack. Carolina at Detroit, 44 and a half total in this game. Detroit, a 10 point favorite. They opened at eight and a half. It's already at 10. Um, Detroit, a huge home favorite in this game. We'll go to Carolina first. I mean, the one thing that I I feel like we've agreed on a lot here um, over the last two weeks has just been Adam Thielen is healthy. Bryce Young has found his safety blanket in Thielen. You know, do we continue that in a matchup here against Detroit? I mean, Detroit's defense has been great this season, but they're still giving up a lot of passing yards per game. Um, is Thielen the guy? I mean, tight ends have crushed Detroit to start the season. Do we take some tournament shots on Hayden Hurst? Uh, what are your thoughts here on Carolina? It, it is Adam Thielen for me. Um, I have no interest in in using Bryce Young to stack, but I do want Adam Thielen particularly – uh, on the other side is a mini stack of one of the guys we'll talk about from Detroit. But Thielen is the is my primary run back here for Carolina. I don't mind a little DJ Chark. Um, he's getting shots deep down the field. If he connects on one of those, he could have a big week. He's only 4K, so a, a little value option there. But definitely prefer Thielen. I'm, I'm out on Hayden Hurst. Just haven't seen the role since week one. Uh, and that week one, if you remember, Adam Thielen came into that game banged up and, and didn't look quite right. Certainly not as good as he's looked the last three weeks. So I feel like he, uh, Thielen is kind of operating in the same areas of the field as Hayden Hurst. Uh, and, and Thielen is just running, is just way ahead of him right now. So Thielen about the only piece from Carolina I'm interested in, a little sprinkle of DJ Chark. Yeah, I mean, Thielen, my main target here as well. Don't mind the DJ Chark call. I will have like Hayden Hurst in my player pool. Um, I mean, just because of how bad this team has been against tight ends this year, this could just be one of those games we see him have. Um, sorry, I'm watching DJ Moore take another. Oh, they said he stepped out. I thought he was about to take another <laughs> one to the house. Um, oh, gosh, that would have been. Anyway, sorry, I'm totally distracted by that. But yeah, Hayden Hurst is someone that isn't like a heavy target guy, but he's still running a ton of routes. Um, and they really don't use, I guess maybe you could look at like a Terrence Marshall. Um, but like my problem with Terrence Marshall is he's, he's done so well here recently because Mingo got the concussion in the middle of the third game of the week or week three sat week four, but he's back. Um, so I mean, maybe you take shots on Jonathan Mingo who, we really didn't get to see without DJ Chark. So like, how is that going to shape up? Is DJ Chark going to be the number two? Is it going to be Mingo? Um, I think we can both agree though. Adam Thielen is the guy. Um, and we don't really have to overthink this. This is the spot for Adam Thielen to continue to get targets and catches. And if he scores a touchdown, he, he's looking really good. But either way, at this price, we're just targeting the targets. Detroit side, 
of this game. I, I mean, Carolina has been atrociously bad against the run this year. Um, just so, so bad. St. Brown is banged up. Josh Reynolds is banged up. That's definitely something to note. If either one of them were to miss this game, I feel like we really got to bump up Laporta, who's already looking great in this offense, uh, but like could be a safety blanket if if St. Brown is out. That's a huge hit to this offense. You could potentially take shots on Raymond. I think Raymond has more ceiling than Marvin Jones Jr. Um, if one of those guys sit, I would probably prefer taking shots on Raymond. But I mean, all this to say, David Montgomery is way underpriced on DraftKings this week. Yeah, it, it, David Montgomery is the, the number one option here. Um, Carolina has been terrible against the run, like you mentioned. I'm, I re- like I love playing golf at home. Like He's been far better. His home road splits are ridiculous, even dating back to L.A., but especially since he's been here in Detroit. He just plays awesome in the Dome here. Um, but th- this feels like a David Montgomery spot for sure. Um, 6,600 against one of the run- worst run defenses in football. Sign me up for that. His role is incredible. We saw Jamal Williams dominate in this in a similar role last season. They've just they've swapped out a more talented running back. David Montgomery is a better runner than Jamal Williams. He's still getting a ton of goal line touches. They gave it to him 32 times last game. So if they're if they are up in this game, which I fully intend they will be, they're a much better team than Carolina. Uh, David Montgomery could be in line for another 25 to 30 touches here. Like just way too cheap for this role. Um, that said, I don't want to leave out Jameer Gibbs. Also, just because of how bad the run defense is, he's going to be unowned compared to David Montgomery. He has that massive big play ability. I look at this as kind of how we saw Moster and Achan go off in the same game uh, against Denver. Like It's that good of a spot where I could see both of these running backs getting here. Gibbs at 5,900. I have a lot of interest here, uh, especially if, if the ownership numbers hold pretty much unowned. And you mentioned the wide receivers being banged up too. They might just take it easy on the wide receivers here and just ha- turn around and hand it off to the running backs a ton in this spot. So Montgomery's one of the top plays on the slate. I love Gibbs in, in large t- field tournaments as a very low owned play. I don't think I need to get to golf stacks this week just because the, the wide receiver being a little bit banged up. Um, I do like your Laporta call. He looks like a really talented tight end, maybe, maybe one of the most t- talented tight ends in the league. So definitely have some interest there. I think Detroit rolls in this game. I think the running backs both, both have a, a really big day. Yeah, I mean, I think the running backs are in a great spot. I love the fact that he brought up Gibbs. I will note that, like, St. Brown expected to play. Josh Reynolds, this has been, like, two or three weeks, and they've just kind of capped his practices, but he's been playing. So, like, I expect them to be full strength, but I don't think that really changes my thought process on the running back situation. Um, what about Jamison Williams? He, he's I, coming I was, back here. Yeah, I was so, <laughs> like – I was thinking about that as well. Um, he's 4K. If he has a big game, we're not going to get this price ever again. Um, where does he fit in is my problem. Like, you know, kind of just trying to figure out. Reynolds has carved up a role with Williams yeah. out. And like Raymond is like this like nifty player that they use in certain situations. So it's like, is Williams going to take some snaps from Reynolds? Because, I mean, St. Brown's not coming off the field. If he's if he's healthy right. and they have him out there, he's not coming off the field. Does Williams hurt Laporta? I don't know, because, like, TJ Hawkinson did so well in this offense. Like, it's tough, but, I mean, it just goes back to my thought process on David Montgomery, David Montgomery, David Montgomery this week. Yeah. 
Um, I will say that Justin Fields just missed DJ Moore for an easy touchdown, and that David Montgomery is much, much more expensive on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings. So I like him a lot more on DK. I noticed that when I was doing my um, expert rankings for this week over there in Rotor Grinders Premium. Moving on, we got Tennessee at Indianapolis. Hey, I said it right this time. 42 and a half. Uh, Tennessee, a two and a half point favorite in this game. I want to play something from this game. Um, I think there's going to be scoring in this game. I would love to hear your thoughts here on Tennessee um, because I'm struggling with where I want to get exposure to this game. Yeah, it does seem like a game uh, game environment we should want to target, right? Um, Indianapolis has been playing pretty fast this season, really fast, actually. I'm struggling with this Tennessee side as well. Like, I'm not sure that I want to play Derrick Henry. I definitely want a positive game script for Derrick Henry. I think Tennessee can can play from ahead in this game, but I'm not I'm not positive about it. Uh, which kind of leads me to DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and like he just he saw the monster target share week one, but we really haven't seen that since then. Even with Traylon Burks missing last week, uh, Burks is questionable again this week. I'm just not sure that Ryan Tannehill can get him the ball enough. Um, the Indy secondary is is not great. So it seems like a good DeAndre Hopkins spot for me. The tight end situation, I've played a bunch of Chig this year, and it just has not worked out. Um, just cannot get any traction in this offense. He's getting a couple of targets, but he's not really doing anything with them. Um, he's still 3,200. I probably end up taking a few shots there again. Uh, but I think Hopkins is, is going to be my main target here. See, this is like one of those games I have circled for Hopkins where it's like, does he get like 10 plus targets? And they just, this is how they move the ball down the field. Um, I, I mean, I think he's cheap on FanDuel. Looking at my rankings here on my notes, um, Hopkins must be cheap on FanDuel because I have him ranked as my third wide receiver on FanDuel CVR wise. So um, check that. But I mean, even at 5,700, I like this price tag on DraftKings as well. I, I mean, just. Honestly, looking at this spot, I mean, Derrick Henry, tough spot against Colts run defense. Um, you you would just, on paper, it's like, this is a perfect nuke spot. Like, can Tannehill yeah. step up? I mean, that's the problem, right? Ryan Tannehill <laughs> yep. has been awful. He is the problem. He's been and their awful. offensive line is not great either, which does not and, help anything. But They're only throwing the ball 25 times per game, so like, Hopkins has a 27.5% target share, but when you're only throwing the ball 25 times per game, I mean, it's just the upside is limited. But I mean, I think, I really think the only person I'm going to play from Tennessee this week is Hopkins. Um, if, if Burks is out, we talked about this last week. If Burks is out, I think you could take shots on Westbrook. Um, he's still really cheap. He had a long touchdown last week. It was nice. Um, one of the things that I got right on some builds, but. Again, way too many things wrong. <laughs> it's just one of those weeks. Um, listen, I'm never afraid to say when I'm wrong about something. I was wrong about a few things last week. All right, let's talk Colts. Um, Jonathan Taylor, full practice Wednesday, full practice Thursday. I mean, we assume he comes back, right? Like, I, I mean, that's the assumption. Um, it sounds like him and Cooper Cup, the two biggest names anyway. Um, sounds like they're both going to play. We'll see tomorrow. Um it, we're like I said, we're recording Thursday night. We'll see. Um, I think they act activate Friday, or is it Saturday that they can activate them? Um, I thought I it was think Friday. it's Saturday. 
All right. I'm not well, sure. Either way, we'll see how that kind of pans out. My problem is like the Colts running offense is graded as the worst running offense in football this season. Um, and I think it's just a lot to do with like Anthony Richardson and like how he's been, I mean, tucking and running so much, the passing offenses look terrible, but like, I mean, last week, Anthony Richardson, 30 fantasy points, like, and like he did it on 256 total yards. He scored 30 fantasy points last week with two fumbles. Um, So, I mean, where, what are we looking at? Like, I like this spot for Pittman on paper. Last week was the first week he didn't have 10 plus targets. Um, I think they tried to get him back involved in this game. It's a tough matchup for the running backs anyway. Tennessee, we get two pass funnels. Like, both of these teams are pass funnels. They both try to shut down the run. Is this a week, Keith, where we're like, maybe we just build some Richardson, Pittman, Hopkins stacks and just play the pass funnel angle to this game? Yep, I think that's where I'm at, which is wild to say in a game that contains Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. But like, it's <laughs> yeah. the way that these two teams play defense. You you nailed it. It's a really tough landing spot here for Jonathan Taylor. Who knows what his what his conditioning is like? He's been he sat out the entire season up to this point. So first first action of the the year for him. And Tennessee is a really good run defense. So I'm just I'm looking at pass catchers here. Um, Richardson because of that rushing upside, like he can run in two touchdowns in any matchup. So he's always going to be in play for me. Um, just he's a guy that like big mobile quarterback um, who's just in, impossible to defend down on the goal line. So I'm, I'm going to be on some Anthony Richardson here. Um, and then the Tennessee pass funnel makes me want to play a pass catcher with him as well. Michael Pittman, like you mentioned a little bit of a down week last week with Richardson coming back. He's, he did see double digit targets in the first three games of the season though. I think that, that Indy's, least path of resistance is going to be through the air here. So give me some Michael Pittman. Um, give me a little bit of Josh Downs also. He's had a, a fairly decent role. Um, his monster game was with Minshew. That's worth noting. The 12 targets, I think, were kind of a product of how how Minshew plays. But still, even the first two games with Richardson, he saw seven and five targets. So Downs at 3,700 is still in play against a pass funnel defense. Um, I've talked about these three K tight ends, like Kylan Granson's had a pretty decent role. I'll probably continue to keep him in my pool. I don't mind double stacking Richardson because of the price of Granson, um, and, and downs even, I think most of them, I, I limit to a single stack, but because you do have those other two cheap pieces, I, I don't mind if I squeeze in a couple of, uh, uh Richardson doubles. Yeah. I mean, Granson, uh, a tight end, just, I mean, the targets are there tight end target wise. So, um, I mean, he had a touchdown or a, a red zone target where he had a shot to score a touchdown last week, and um, it didn't work out. So I think he dropped it or it was an interference or something. I can't remember. I think he he stretched for the pylon and came up like half a yard short. I, I remember Is that, that play. That might yeah. have been the week before. He was very, very close, though, for sure. So just really quick on Richardson – like playing him solo is, is something you could potentially do as well. Like sure. week one, 22 fantasy points, Houston first quarter, 17 fantasy points before leaving with a concussion. Um, and then 30 fantasy points last week. So, I mean, a guy that we came into the season drafting for ceiling and in best ball, and it's definitely, it's panning out so far. We'll see, you know, it's still very early in the year. Uh, we'll see how it pans out, but uh, moving on, we got, my fins man we got smashed last week shout out to the buffalo bills um they 
looked fantastic against my fins last week. We got a 47 and a half total. Miami is an 11 and a half point favorite in this game um, for good reason, because the Giants have been atrociously bad. Let's go Giants side first. Um, I watch a lot of Dolphins games, Keith, a lot of Dolphins games. If Saquon plays, he's one of my favorite running back plays on the entire slate. Um, just, I mean, his workload, we know the upside and the ceiling is there. Limited Wednesday, limited Thursday. It's an ankle. It's a high ankle sprain. He could or could not play here. Um, the problem, like if he doesn't play, the Giants are going to be trailing and they are definitely going to have a game script against a, a, a below average defense that you like, but it's like, who the heck do you play? Because none of them <laughs> make sense. Like even Waller hasn't been involved. So talk to me here about the Giants. Yeah, I really hope Saquon plays in this one because obviously we want to play some Miami players. How in the world do the Giants keep up if they don't have Saquon Barkley? So I'm with you. I hope Saquon plays. I love him if he does play. Uh, the field is generally hesitant to play guys coming off of injury their first week back. They want to see it for a week, right? Let's go ahead and jump on in this matchup and just hopefully he puts up a big big game. The ankle looks good. He doesn't re-aggravate it. Um, I think you get him at pretty low ownership here. So love the Saquon call. I'm right there with you. The other guy who I think is going to gain some steam here is Wandale Robinson. Um, he's only 3K. He's received uh, six targets and five targets since he's kind of been active the last two weeks. Starting to really find a role. They're scheming up plays for him. A lot of stuff behind the line of scrimmage, screen passes and things like that. So Wandale's going to be involved. He has a role. He's 3K. I certainly don't mind him as a run, run back. But I, I really want Saquon to, to play here to try to keep this game somewhat close. Still don't think it'll be close, but. Robinson at 3K2 is is absolutely fantastic on like game stacks and stacks you're looking at um, just in general here. So um, love the Robinson call, like 11 targets over his first two games. I mean, as far as like running routes, Slayton is still like at the top of the list. Um, his targets are all over the place. He doesn't do much. He's like a poor man's Adam Thielen. Um, I, I mean, I, I definitely like the Robinson call. I think Waller is playable in this spot. I wish, I just wish he was a little bit cheaper, but I guess like the upside is what you're paying for for Waller. So like price doesn't matter. Price doesn't matter as much on Waller. I just wish he was a little bit cheaper because, I mean, really, he hasn't shown that ceiling. But game script-wise, it's a good game script for the passing game for the Giants. I really, like you said, I hope – I really hope that we get um, – I really hope we get Barkley playing in this Bar game. Yeah. yeah. Waller, I do – like, I want to play some Waller. Like, everybody saw him. Like, he was popular on the showdown slate. Obviously, the national audience is on him. Yeah. And everybody saw him fail in that game. I don't think anybody's playing him here. And double-digit targets would absolutely not surprise me in this spot. If if Barkley sits, I think Waller is the guy I would look to just because he could legitimately see double-digit targets if they're down by three scores. Yep. Um, Curtis Samuelson, man, I have a fire team. If Robinson did anything in this game, I have a team with Fields, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Logan Thomas that has Robinson at captain. Um, shout out to me for picking the wrong captain. <laughs> I could have played anybody else there. Um, <laughs> let's talk Dolphins. This game's hard, um, man. <laughs> it, it's it's fun. It's fun. I mean, yeah. when you pre you predict the game script, 
of Robinson getting 25 carries and he gets like, I think he's at like 10 or something. It's just not what you're hoping for, but dolphins, um, giants defense sinks. Like the dolphins put up 40 plus in this spot. If they keep the gas pedal down, um, I mean, I love I love the running situation. We just don't know what it's going to look like here. In general, um, it sounds okay. So everything I've read is Jeff Wilson still not going to be back this week. Um, he's dealing like the injury that he's dealing with, the midsection injury. They haven't really talked too much about like his injury, but it doesn't sound like he's going to be back this week. I mean ceiling wise it seems like a chain has the higher ceiling right now just big playability but like this on paper seems like an excellent spot for Mostert to get 20 carries and then just run the ball down giants throats i i just don't know if miami is going to do that ever i, I mean they are just so fast-paced like like the problem, Keith, is like we want to play everybody from the Dolphins. We just gotta figure out who we want to play because the Giants stink and who has that who has that ceiling? Um, you know, is this a spot we go back to Tua? Is this a spot we go back to Tyreek? Like all those answers are yes. It's just can the yeah. Giants keep up? Can the Giants keep this game competitive? I think is the biggest question we're all asking this week. Yeah, I, I agree. And the the answer is yes, like you said. Just do you want to play this dolphin? Yes. Um like the two of double stacks, we know they have serious ceiling. We haven't seen Waddle really pop off yet this season. Um, so I'm hoping he kind of gets left left behind and the ownership is is low for him because I'm just going to keep firing at Jalen Waddle. We've seen him put up those 150-yard, two-touchdown games many times in the past. Just hasn't happened yet this season, uh, but we know it's coming. It's in there for sure. I targeted it hard last week. It didn't – or uh, the week before. It didn't quite happen. Um, but I'm going to keep firing my waddle bullets for sure. Tyreek is is one of the top wide receivers on the slate, as he always is. And then the running back situation, I agree. I, I don't know how to parse this out. I can't give you an answer and say, yes, I know, like, Mostert's going to do this and 8chan's going to do this. But I know that I want exposure to both of them because they're both explosive. 8chan has been one of the most efficient backs we've ever seen in history. Like, he's off to an incredible start. You just have to keep playing him until the price catch up, catches up to his talent. Um, like, I don't know what the role is going to look like. As long as Jeff Wilson is still out, I'm just, I'm firing on HN as well, just because of the big playability. Um, this game, we like, we saw it against Denver. They absolutely destroyed Denver, but HN and Mostert just did not stop. So I don't really care about game script for, for either of those guys. Um, Mostert's been involved in the passing game a little bit as well. The game he was real heavily involved, uh, Waddle was out. So that's worth noting. But even last week, he had five targets. Um, so I think both of these backs are game script dependent. They both had big playability. I want exposure to both for sure. Like, I'm I'm not sure that I can pick and choose which one that I want here. So just give me all of them. I'll, I'll spread out my exposure. Might, might end up with something like a Dolphin or two in, in every single lineup. Like, it's that good of a spot for him. I will note that... Ahmed was out for Denver. So like if they do get up, we might see a little bit more Ahmed than most start um, like down the stretch. But oh, like we, we always talk about like making groups on running backs for most teams on like zero to one. Like you can't do that with these two guys. Uh, I mean, <laughs> they they've shown us like, is that going to happen every time? No, but can it happen? Yeah. I mean, 
you know, can they score three or four combined touchdowns? Yeah, they can. Like, that's just how the Miami offense is, and the Giants aren't going to stop them. This game's in Miami. Like, yeah, I love the Dolphins in this spot. Um, it's very rare that we see a double-digit favorite, but, yeah. I mean, how can you really argue at this point with the Giants? It's just, again, like, you're firing on some Giants here because, I mean, they're just going to be playing from behind the entire game. Um, do I play Brita? Probably not, even if Barkley's out. Do I hate him? No, because, I mean, he can get five to seven catches out of the backfield in this game. So I just – I love the Robinson call. You know, I had written him down, and I like that call a lot. So um, definitely going to be someone I'm looking at. What about Daniel Daniel Jones? Like playing just I think to save playable. the money down – Yeah, I do too. Down, down from Tua to save a little bit of money, you can still run – I probably wouldn't do the Tyreek Waddle double stack with that. I think you need Tua at that point. Um, but like – to save some money in a Tyreek stack, you can even play Tyreek in a running back, I think would be totally fine with Daniel Jones as your run back or whatever you want to call him. Like he could certainly run for 80 to hundred yards and, and run a touchdown in like at 5,800. I think he's in play too. Love that comms. Yeah. We should have talked about him. Um, I ranked him DK on DK. I have him second in my um, rankings this week, just because he's so cheap and, I mean, think about the Arizona game. That game was kind of a shootout. He threw for 300-plus yards. I really want Barkley to play this game. I mean, it, it just helps Daniel Jones so much if Barkley's out there. Um, I do have a cheaper quarterback or in this price range quarterback that I'll pay a little bit more for that we'll talk about here in a couple games um, that I really like this week. So New Orleans at New England. 39 and a half total in this game. This game was at 40 and a half when I wrote it down. It's at 39 and a half. Uh, New Orleans has flipped it. This game opened New England minus one and a half. It is New Orleans minus one. Saints. Um, I tweeted this out, Keith. I was doing my, like, going through my stats and, like, data and stuff. And I was like, how did I miss the fact that Alvin Kamara had 14 targets. He had 13 catches for 33 yards. He had, <laughs> he had an average of 2.5 yards per catch. Uh, I mean, if you're going to get double digit targets at 6,300, that's a wide receiver. We don't even, that's not even including like his rushing like ability here. Like, I mean, how do we overlook that? Has, has that killed like Michael Thomas's upside a little bit? Um, Olave, I think is still going to be that like deep threat, but we saw him only have six targets last week. It was a tougher matchup for him. Talk to me here about the saints. This game kind of stinks low total projected to be a low scoring game, but there's, there's a little bit of value here. Like Camara at, at 6,300 is like, is this too cheap for a guy that's going to be this involved in an offense? Yeah, it's it's not a great game environment. Low total, slow pace, like you mentioned. So I don't want to target much here, but Kamara is somebody I will have exposure to. I think the biggest thing playing into that right now is Derek Carr's shoulder injury. Like I'm not targeting the the down the field receivers. I was on a little bit of Alave and Shield uh, Shahid last week when I thought Winston was going to play. Once Carr said he was going to play with the with the shoulder injury. I, I came off of that and I'm glad I did because he did not look great. He was checking everything down that, that just puts Kamara right back in play for me. Um, probably don't want any of the, the receivers until Carr proves that he's healthy. Yeah, I agree with you. I think if, if anything here for the saints, it's, it's Kamara and it's Michael Thomas, like those 
I mean, Michael Thomas, like eight catch game for 60 yards. And then at that point, you're just kind of hoping he scores a touchdown to hit that like upside. But I, I think DraftKings wise, those are the two guys I'm looking at. I agree with you on Derek Carr. Um, as far as the New England side of this game, I mean, they have looked bad. Um, this defense is really solid. I think both of these defenses are in play. Um, for what it's worth, I think the Saints and the yeah. Patriots defenses are both in play. Is there anything outside of maybe Her- Der- or Hunter Henry that we're looking at here for the Pats? No. I mean, I, I like the Hunter Henry call. I've played quite a bit of him this year, but his price is coming up now. Like, he's 4400 Like, it's starting to get to the point where it's uncomfortable, but the, the wide receivers aren't any more comfortable. Um, like, they just they spread it around so much. They have Mac Jones throwing them the ball against a really good Saints defense. Like, I'm just – I think I'm out on, on the Patriots mostly. Uh, Ramontre has struggled with efficiency. You have the threat of Zeke behind him. A, a little bit of Hunter Henry, but I'm, I'm not going to be seeking out any Patriots. Yeah, I mean, even in a game that they're potentially trailing, it just doesn't – they just don't have anything that, like, I'm super excited to play. Like, you mentioned Stevenson. He's still – on like a 70% of the snaps and he's still running the ball 55% of their attempts, but just hasn't been efficient at all. Um, so in like the Saints defense run defense has actually been really solid this season. So um, I mean, it's not a spot that I necessarily love. I, I like the defenses in that game. I think the defenses are yeah, me too. very, very much in play on both sides. Um, Cause I mean, if I remember correctly, the Patriots defense, there's some value there um, with the Patriots defense. 3,100, yep. Like that yeah. price a lot. Yep. All right, moving on. One of those quick games we can get through. This one, kind of the same. Baltimore at Pittsburgh, 38 total in this game. Baltimore, a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Go Baltimore uh, first. I mean, Pittsburgh, we talked about it last week. Pittsburgh's run defense has really struggled um, this season. I mean, it was good to see Gus Edwards come back, get 15 carries, and be very involved. Um, I just – I don't know what to what to do or what to think in this running game just because of Lamar. I could see Andrews, you know, just kind of being Mark Andrews and doing his thing. Like, didn't have a great game last week but scored two touchdowns to, you know, make him one of the highest-scoring tight ends. So, what are we doing here with Baltimore? Yeah, I have interest in Baltimore, and it's just because I, I want some exposure to Lamar. I've played a ton of him this year. seems like people are down on him. He hasn't been all that popular most weeks. Um, he's running the ball a ton again, and that that's probably due to the injury in the running back room. Uh, like Gus is a, a fine player, but he's not explosive like a guy like Dobbins would be. Um, and it just raises Lamar's ceiling because he's running a lot more because they're, they're running out Gus Edwards and Melvin Gordon in their backfield. Um, so like, that's the reason I want exposure to Lamar with Bateman coming back for sure. And, uh, OBJ potentially coming back. It makes sparsing out the wide receivers more difficult. I played quite a bit as a flowers last week. Um, when both of those guys were out, he didn't get there. Now that, now that we got both of those guys coming back, it gets even, even more difficult. So I might just be rolling out Lamar naked, um, Lamar with Andrews. I'm totally fine with, we know Andrews has that, that huge ceiling, but, um, I, I might play some Lamar just by himself. Uh, the only problem with that is I would want a Pittsburgh run back, and we're, we're about to talk about those. Those are not comfortable either. So possibly even just maybe a Lamar with no correlation whatsoever, which is not something I often do. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, so I I kind of like the Baltimore defense in this game. So I, I if Hill sits, I might play a little bit of like Edwards Baltimore defense and hope Edwards just gets that rushing touchdown and puts him in like the 15 to 20 point range here at 5K. And then the Baltimore defense just kind of shuts down the Pittsburgh offense, which doesn't seem to be too hard this season. Um, I, If I'm playing Lamar, it would be with Andrews or by himself. And I don't necessarily think that I need a run back for Lamar. Like just I, like Pittsburgh stinks. Like who are we playing? Like, you know, um, yeah. Najee Harris actually field and Kenny Pickett at quarterback is, is not a recipe for success. Yeah. Najee Harris actually, you know, five yards per carry last week had a really solid game. Um, I don't know. Fairmuth doubtful. Um, one of the biggest mistakes I made last week was like a, an error alone, like myself Sunday morning, about 11 o'clock. I switched, um, from Comet in my main lineup to fire Fairmuth. Uh, that didn't work out. Ouch. Um, just a one v one switch too. Nothing else changed. It was a one v one switch, and it made me so mad at myself. But it happens. Um, pass catchers here, like we know, Pickens is going to get targets. He probably has the highest ceiling. Austin is getting targets. He's really cheap. Like if you're looking for a cheap run back, if you're playing like an Andrews Lamar stack, um, gosh, how like how excited are you? to play Pittsburgh in this spot. <laughs> and like Kenny Pickett might not be good, first of all. And Andy's dealing with a knee injury that looked really bad. Um, I believe he was carted off in that game. It looked like he might miss some time, but surprisingly looks like he's going to be a full go here. He practiced in full um, on Thursday. So looks like Pickett's ready to go here. I don't know that that helps anything. Um, Pickens would be the guy that I'm looking at, but don't love the price tag. I don't love that Pickett is throwing him the ball. I don't know. Like, I'm not excited about anything on Pittsburgh here. The the backfield is a mess. Looks like Warren was taking over, and then Najee had a, a pretty decent game. Seems like it's just going to remain a 50-50 split here in the backfield, so can't target that. Um, Calvin Austin has a cheap dart throw, maybe. Um, saw the, the long touchdown a couple of weeks ago. He has that type of big playability, but nothing exciting for me here, here on Pittsburgh. I will say, like, if I was running 150, Warren would probably be in my pool because when Pittsburgh gets down, they've been using him a lot out of the backfield, catching the ball. 
just saying, if I was running 150, I don't know if I'm running 150 this weekend or not. Um, busy weekend for me, but I, yeah, I just, I mean, I don't love Pittsburgh. I like the Baltimore defense. Like I said, I, I think that they're one of, if not the top defense on the slate this week. All right, moving on to a game that I really like. I really like this game, Keith. Um, Cincinnati at Arizona. I think this is a fantastic DFS game. Is it going to be a good football game? Probably not. 44 and a half total. Cincinnati, a three-point favorite. Um, I already talked about how I have a quarterback that I really like that's kind of cheap. I love Joe Burrow this week. I, I feel like him and Jamar Chase are both underpriced. And they're hooking back up. They 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 are in love with each other again. Um, the bro bond is back. Um, you know, the targets are there. The upside is there. Higgins is banged up. They still don't want to attack too much down the field. I don't think Burrow's 100% yet. I, I just, I love this spot. I think he could throw for three touchdowns in this game at 6,200. I think you could get potentially two of those. Um, and then there's some runbacks on Arizona that we're going to talk about that I really like because as much as we like, you know, talk smack on like Joshua Dobbs coming into the season, like he's condensed this offense. They're throwing a ton and he's throwing it to certain people. Um, so <laughs> game stack wise, I think this game's super interesting and I really like Joe Burrow chase. And I mean, Irv Smith coming back, maybe you could take shots on him, but I really still think Boyd is like the underneath option that they're going to use with chase. If Higgins is banged up. So love the Cincinnati offense this week. So I'm, I'm with you on chase 100%. I have some reservations on Joe Burrow and that's just because I'm not sure that the calf is, is still there. Just has not had it clicking all, all season long. So I don't like, I could see Chase having a monster game without Burrow coming with him is, is what I'm saying, yeah. especially with T Higgins banged up. He's playing with broken ribs, assuming that he does play, but he's practicing. He said he's going to play, uh, but playing wide receiver in the NFL with broken ribs cannot be fun. So no thanks on Higgins for me. Um, that One should only just be for the day. One big yeah, hit, you're done. I, yeah, absolutely. Um, but load up on the on the Jamar Chase. I totally love that. He's way underpriced, like you said. They've been like scheming up plays for him out of the slot. Just should have a massive role again. I think I think ten targets plus is is within his range here for sure. Um, and especially against a, a, an Arizona defense that's played better than expected, but still they're still not great. Um, I, I like Joe Mixon a lot too because their run defense has been really bad. Uh, Mixon at sixty four hundred. Like if if Higgins is ineffective, which I kind of am expecting here, they might have to lean on Mixon a little bit more. Not a guy that I've played very much at all this season, and even going back to last year, I I got off him towards the second half. He just hasn't been efficient for a year plus now. Um, but this is a this is a smash spot for him. So give me some Joe Mixon. Hopefully the explosiveness returns. We know he has the touchdown upside if they get in close. Um, so I like Mixon and I like the Boyd call too, for sure. Boyd over, over Irv Smith for me. Yeah. And I mean, just uh, the thing about Burrow that I like here is just, you know, what makes the hamstring feel better or calf feel better matchup with Arizona touchdowns. matchup <laughs> yeah. with Arizona. <laughs> I mean, just, oh, they, they just getting, they've just been shredded this year. I mean, Cincinnati run defense has been shredded this year as well. So maybe this is a spot. We play the high volume James Conner. 
um, as a run back option. Like even in a trailing game, this guy can get targets out of the backfield. Um, I mean, he seems like a safer option. I don't know if his ceiling is necessarily there. I think we're going to agree. And a lot of us are going to agree this week that Marquise Brown is the ceiling play and a fantastic pairing with chase. And in large field tournaments, I don't hate getting some Joshua Dobbs this week. Um, it might sound crazy, but like over 40 rushing yards in three straight games. And he's thrown for a touchdown, at least one touchdown in three straight games. He has over 17 fantasy points in three straight games. And they're like, Hey, we're just not going to raise his price. Like, <laughs> I think this is a spot we could play some Joshua Dobbs and Marquise Brown and Zach Ertz. Like, I, I I already said it, man. I have proclaimed my love for this game in general. Um, I am all over this game, and this might be one of those games I have a make or break week because of. Josh Dobbs has played well. I don't think there's any denying that at all. Way better than than I certainly expected. I think way way better than most people expected. Uh, Flo in the chat saying, "Let's not chalk the cards, please." I've got bad news. Uh, Hollywood Brown is going to be chalk chalk. I think. Yeah, five K. This is. <laughs> yeah, and he's like receiving an elite target share, ten targets last week. The second time he's been double digits this season. He's had seven in the, the week in between. The workload is too good for the price. The matchup against like Cincinnati's defense is not what it was last year. Um, Hollywood Brown's in a really, really good spot. Nobody likes playing Zach Ertz and and James Conner. They're looked at as old and dusty, which they might be. Um, but Hollywood Brown is is definitely the ceiling play, like you mentioned here. Michael Wilson has had a really nice role too. So if you're looking for a pivot and and a way to get some upside, he exploded last week. I'm not sure where the ownership ends up coming in on him. If he's still under the radar, I like that quite a bit. Um, they're, like I think Arizona can put up a fight here. They're they're at home. Cincinnati has struggled all season long, and Arizona has just been way better than expected. So, um, yeah, I I definitely want some. Like Chase is going to be chalky on the other side as well. If if Hollywood is is chalky, I probably don't run that mini stack out a ton. So I'd be looking to to Wilson or James Conner as, as the run back to my Chase stuff. But I'm I know I want to load up on Chase, uh, especially with Higgins hurt. Um, but the Arizona's in a good spot here too. So uh, James Conner would be my my second option behind Hollywood. If Hollywood gets too too chalky, I'll run some Michael Wilson out too. Um, it it is Thursday night at eleven o'clock on the East Coast, but right now Hollywood Brown is projecting for five percent ownership on our projected ownership. I I've heard a lot of up. chatter already. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's going to get steamed by Sunday for sure. Yeah. But I mean, for what it's worth, Dobbs is projecting for three percent. So um, that will stay. I'm pretty confident in that. <laughs> I know, man. Like, sign me up. Sign me up for some Dobbs this week. Um, I cannot believe Washington just missed the field goal. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. I love football. It's so much fun. <laughs> All right, moving on. Philadelphia at LA taking on the Rams 49 and a half total in this game. Philly, a four and a half point favorite go to the Eagles side first. I think that they're going to get a lot of ownership this week. And um, I think for good reason, you know, this is a a good spot against the Rams defense. Uh, The Rams defense has been terrible against the run this season. I think this is a great spot for Deandre Swift. You know, I think a lot of our questions were kind of answered last week with how is Smith going to, you know, fair with Scott and Gainwell back. Well, he did great. 
He looked great. He looks great in general. You still worry, I think, a little bit about it being like a three-headed monster just overall. But I, I think Swift is, is the lead back that's going to get the first opportunity most of the time here. Yeah, I, Swift is the only only running back I'm interested in. I, he seems like he's ahead of the other two for sure. Um, so I, I like that call. Price is still still very fair on him. He's probably not going to see 20 touches, but I think that 15 to 18 range, he can he can certainly do plenty of damage uh, with that amount of, of volume. AJ Brown and and Devonta Smith certainly very much in play here. Like the Rams defense is kind of like the Cardinals defense. They they've been better this year than expected, but I just I don't I'm not buying into that yet. It's four weeks. We think we know what we know from what we've seen already, but it, it's really not a huge sample. I, I'm still not sold. This Rams defense is is all that good. Um, so give give me some some AJ Brown would be my my favorite play here. I think even even over Swift. Um, saw him explode last week. Hertz isn't running as much, and he's expensive. So, like, I don't, I don't even know if I'm using Hertz as, as a like, Hertz to AJ. That's a really expensive stack. I might just play AJ Brown and, and leave Hertz on the shelf this week. Um, there's a bunch of cheaper quarterbacks that we've already talked about being in good spots. So, not in love with Jalen Hertz. Of course, he always has immense upside. He could break any slate. So, I'm sure I don't completely fade him. But if he gets a little popular, I might be underweight there. Um. Good spot for Goddard as well. The Rams have struggled defending the tight end. We saw him a little bit more uh, involved the last couple of weeks. Still hasn't done a ton with those targets, but um, I guess only four targets last. It was the week in the week before, the week before, and the week before that that he had seven targets. But just not a huge role for him. Um, I still feel like he has multiple touchdown upside though, so I'll sprinkle in a little bit of Goddard. Yeah, I still like Devontae Smith too. Large field tournament stuff. Um, Yep. You know, I think A.J. Brown's the better play. You know, his first read rate is really high. But, like, this is a guy that has tremendous amount of upside just in general. So, Devontae Smith has that big play ability where I th- I feel like A.J. Brown has that big play ability as well. But you're going to get less ownership and, you know, pay a little bit less for Devontae Smith. And ceiling-wise, they're pretty similar, you know, ceiling-wise. I feel like you know, both of them are capable of 30 plus point games. Um, AJ Brown with 40 last week kind of showed us that like his red zone presence is still why we pay for him. Um, DJ Moore is just so good. Um, <laughs> another touchdown for him, by the way. Just incredible. Incredible. Um, Remember when I said he was going to have a massive role this year, week one, and he did absolutely <laughs> nothing with two targets? <laughs> Made me look like an idiot. This uh, is the DJ Moore that I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you remember what I said yesterday is one of my favorite captain plays? He's going to smash. Uh, yeah. oh, man, I'm <laughs> so sad I'm not going to win a tournament tonight because of Robinson. But anyway, all right. Um, Rams side. I mean, biggest thing here is Cooper Cup's coming back. We already have um, Yeezy in chat asking, Puka too expensive now that Cup possibly back? I mean, everything points towards Cooper Cup being back. He practiced fully Wednesday practice fully Thursday. It, it's a legit question that we won't know until after Sunday. Um, like how much is, is Cooper cup going to affect Puka? How much is Cooper cup going to affect Tutu? And I think Van Jefferson's really going to not see the field much here. Um, it's a pass funnel. I mean, Williams role is just so insane. Not to mention at this point, like he's just 
not coming off the field. He has tremendous amount of upside. I, every being in my body wants to fade Williams this week or be underweight on him again. Um, maybe I do it again. Like I was looking at like my rankings and I ranked him down again. Like you, you have to have him in your top 10, I feel like, but I mean, he's 10th for me um, rankings wise. And it's just, I, I want to be underweight on him so much. I really want to play Cooper cup or Puka here. I, I just honestly, Keith, I feel like I'm just going to play a little of both um, because I, I want to play AJ Brown, Devonte Smith. Um, and like, I feel like they're the most reasonable runbacks here. Yeah. Like I've struggled with this Rams team a ton. Um, I've actually redone my rankings a couple of times today. <laughs> I, the first time, my first update this morning, I moved Kyron way down. Like I had him third initially i think on, on DraftKings, and i moved him way down to like eight or nine and then i was like man he's playing like 95 percent of the snaps like, <laughs> he's just not i know it's a it's a yeah it's a terrible matchup against a, a good philly run defense but he's just not coming off the field he they keep giving them opportunities on the goal line maybe cooper cup coming back cuts into that role a little bit like we know they love to target uh cup down there he, he is just so twitchy that he he's can separate in short areas. Um, so it works out really well on the goal line. Maybe that hurts Williams more than, than we're thinking. Um, but let, let's see. Um, I feel like Williams is the, the, of the three Williams is the one I'll be most underweight on again. Like you said, I did the same thing last week. Did not work out because he found the end zone twice. If he ever doesn't find the end zone, I think that's going to be a safe fade for us. Um, and cup being back, I feel like they're going to try to get him in the end zone to get his, his season off to a good start. 8,600 Cooper Cup might be the most underpriced player on the slate. Like we've seen him at around 10K before in his prime. If he is completely healthy, he could go absolutely nuclear in the spot. Um, I think Puka still has a massive role here, even with Cup back. Like we saw Robert Woods have plenty of great seasons alongside Cooper Cup. Um, Puka has been running a little bit on the outside too. Like obviously they're going to leave Cup in the slot and he's going to lose a lot of those um targets over the middle but he he still was playing on the outside a ton last week in particular um so he i think puka still has a huge role here maybe he's overpriced for his role with cooper cup but until i see it for sure i, I definitely want to keep running out some puka dude has just looks so good i don't think they can just completely forget about him and load up cooper cup with like 20 targets again so i could see both of these guys getting like 10 targets each or something like that i will uh, so in my research this week Van Jefferson, 51% of his routes have been in the slot. Only 30% yeah, he, for Puka. Dust. Yep, yeah, that, that's the, the stat right there. Like if Puka was running exclusively out of the slot, I think he'd be in trouble here. But because he's played on the outside so much, I, I still think he, like, he has the Robert Woods role in my opinion here. Yep. Um, I don't really have much else to add. I will say that like, the Eagles have quietly been really bad against tight ends this season. So like this might actually be a good spot for Higby. Um, like, you know, he just, he's going to get the targets. He just needs to score a touchdown. Um, so I think Higby potentially in our player pool this week, just because of the matchup and the spot for him um, is worth noting. Uh, moving on jets and Broncos 43 and a half total here. Denver, a two point favorite. Uh, we did get a report this week that, like the um, cuffs are going to come off of Hall and he is good to go. No pitch count. 
what does that mean? Like, if he's going to get a, a 80% snap workload against the Denver Broncos, he might be the most un- underpriced player of the season. Um, you know, obviously, Dalvin Cook is still there, but, like, how do we not like Brees Hall? I really, really like Garrett Wilson this week. Like, he's the alpha. His targets are so in- so insanely good, and Denver is so bad defensively. Like, I even think like Zach Wilson can hit Garrett Wilson in this in this game. So I don't know how much Zach Wilson I'd play. He's really cheap. He's forty nine hundred against one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, talk to me here. What are your thoughts on the Jets? I feel like I'm going to have an uncomfortable amount of Jets exposure this week. Me I'd, too, buddy. Welcome. I'm to the considering. Club. I'm considering playing Zach Wilson. He looked competent last week. He's forty nine hundred. Yeah, and he's forty nine hundred against the stone cold worst defense in the NFL. It's not even a debate at this point. Like, the Bears are right here with Denver. Washington looked atrocious on on Thursday night football as well. Those defenses are really bad. I'm here to tell you, Denver's defense is worse. Mm-hmm. Does that mean uh, Zach Wilson can sit here and shred him? I think it it might. Uh, I know that Garrett Wilson is extremely talented, and he is way too cheap for this matchup. Uh, he's one of my favorite wide receivers on on the slate. And I love that the report about Brees Hall came out. Like, I want to play some Brees Hall, but I also think that a lot of other people will as well. And hopefully that will keep Garrett Wilson's ownership down a little bit. He's the guy that I really want to play. Um, It's a fantastic spot for Brees Hall, too. Um, It'll depend on his ownership. I'm not going to try to get overweight on if he comes in at 25, 30%, something like that. But he is way too cheap. It's a phenomenal matchup. Like, He's seen a, a maximum of 12 carries so far this year. So what is, I, what's no pitch count mean? 15, 18 carries? If we're talking about 18 carries at 5,400, that's that's going to be a tough fade. So I'll keep an eye on that. Hopefully ownership doesn't get too out of control, but I'm I'm just as interested in the passing game as I am in, in Brees Hall here. Yeah, I, I like the Jets a lot. <laughs> the one thing I haven't <laughs> said this year. Um, yeah. I mean, how do you not like that? That's my problem. How do you not just absolutely love this spot for the Jets against this Denver defense? My 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 concern here, <laughs> my concern here is can the Denver Broncos move the ball against the Jets defense? Um, like Denver is minus two. Spoiler alert for the morning grind game. I like the Jets money line in this game. Um, I just. Like, what are we doing? Like, this is a really good defense. Russell Wilson hasn't been great. Javante Williams is banged up. I mean, what are we looking at on the Denver side of this game? I'm struggling here, Keith. Yeah, I mean, it's not a spot that I'm really looking to target. Um, The Jets defense is just so good. Javante Williams is, I don't, is he coming back this week? Limited Thursday? Who it's knows? I, I'm not playing. Yeah. yeah, I'm definitely not playing a banged up Javante Williams against the Jets, but Jaleel McLaughlin has looked good in his limited opportunities. He's 5K. If he was 4K, I might have interest. I think I'm out at 5K. Um, it's probably Cortland Sutton. Maybe keep taking some shots on on Marvin Mims. We we did not see the, the role increase that was promised to us. He still only had two targets. Um, I didn't look at Snapshare completely so maybe he was in on more snaps but still only the two targets um i still believe in the talent of marvin Mims, though. just need him to get on the field a little bit more um so sutton and judy i think and strictly as runbacks i think I, i'm only interested in sutton and judy if i'm playing zach wilson 
yeah, I mean, for every for every reason why, just gosh, I think this could be a Jets defense Brees Hall game. Um, Brees Hall yeah. has like a huge monster first half, and Dalvin Cook gets a lot of the second half, but it doesn't matter. The Jets defense just crushes this Denver offense. So, I mean, that's one thing to worry about. But all right, last game of the slate here for week five. Kansas City at Minnesota. Yes, we saved the best for last. We didn't. That's just how it is um, on <laughs> the lineups page. Kansas City minus three and a half. They opened at five and a half. This game's been bet very heavily on the Minnesota side. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, a fantastic offense in the dome against a terrible Minnesota defense. Sign me up. Um, Mahomes is expensive. I think he's definitely worth it um it's always f- hard to find stacking partners with him the the wide receivers have been impossible to figure out so does that mean just playing with kelsey it might uh, but i usually like that third piece too and finding that third piece has been a total crapshoot this season um I, I don't even know where where to begin i mean sky Moore is is being is he's on the field as much as anybody but he just hasn't done a ton he's not earning a, a bunch of targets um MVS is never someone that I, I love to play. Um, Rasheed Rice I, is probably the most talented, in my opinion. Uh, I think I think Rice is going to be my favorite again here. Uh, Thirty six hundred, so he's a little bit cheaper than MVS and, and more. Justin Watson still has a little bit of a role. Like wide receiver is not fun for the Kansas City Chiefs, but I, I know I want some exposure to Mahomes and Kelsey. I probably try to find that third piece. I think Rice is my first look, but it. Like you just you're throwing darts when you're trying to pick out the wide receiver. I think Rice has the highest ceiling outside of Kelsey. Yeah. Um, I really like Pacheco this week. Yeah, me too. Really like Pacheco this week. Um, I mean, they just they they want to give him the ball. 20 carries last week against the Jets in a really competitive game. Um, had a monster game. Like, I, I don't see the reason not to have exposure to Pacheco. Like he's another guy that seems underpriced. A lot of people are going to be looking at these wide receivers. I mean, why can't we play Mahomes, Kelsey, Pacheco? Um, that seems like the three main pieces of this offense right now. So, and I don't know if you necessarily even need to play Kelsey at this price. Like I, I know on FanDuel, like I don't even want to rank him on FanDuel, but I did. Because like he's he's so incredibly expensive on FanDuel, where like if he doesn't score two touchdowns and have like a hundred yards, like he probably doesn't get there. So I I worry just overall about Kelsey's price and like his overall ceiling. He's he's the guy that just absolutely crushes in this game ninety percent of the time, though. Um, maybe I go underweight on Mahomes, Kelsey, and overweight on Pacheco. Um, just to be different on how I approach this game than everybody else. But I have no issues playing Pacheco and Mahomes together this week. And, you know, we don't typically talk running back, running back quarterback sacks, but Kansas City's just a different, like different breed. Like you, like yeah. they're just a different breed. I, I think Rice has the most upside. I feel like they want to get Tony going, um, but just haven't. And he just, I don't know if he's going to or not, but I like Pacheco a lot in this game. Like Kelsey and Mahomes, not, and like I think Rice has the highest ceiling if I'm going to play a wide receiver. Uh, Minnesota 
I mean, we love Minnesota this week. Let's be honest. This is a game in Minnesota. Kirk Cousins shows up. He throws for 300-plus yards. Jefferson has a monster game. Everything's right in the world. Um, talk to me here about the Vikings. Yeah, Kirk Cousins was one of the things I got wrong last week. I thought he was going to have a, a monster game down in Carolina. Just a weird game. He threw the pick six to start and just never really got back, got on track after that. So bad week for Cousins last week. Hopefully that keeps him lower on this week because I, I have a ton of interest here in this spot. We know they're not afraid to throw the ball. I, they're going to have to do that if they want to keep up with Kansas City um, in the dome here. Should should be a fantastic game environment. So we know it's Jefferson who he's, who he's targeting early and often. Um, one of the top wide receiver plays on the, sp- the slate. I think the the Jefferson-Tyreek decision is, is quite difficult. I love them both this week as we do every week. Um, but Jefferson could go absolutely nuclear here in a, an up-tempo game. Madison is always difficult for me. Um, Hawkinson, I don't want to leave him out. I think Hawkinson is a fantastic play as well. Kansas City has struggled against the tight end. Uh, we've seen him with a, a double-digit double targets in several times since coming over to Minnesota. So love TJ Hawkinson as well. Probably leave Osborne and, and Addison on the shelf. It's like they're just cutting into each other a little bit too much. Jefferson and Hawkinson have so much of this share. So I'd, I'd rather just spend up for Jefferson uh, and go Hawkinson, I think. Madison is the one I'm struggling with. He's he's really cheap. I think that if they want to try to slow this game down, he could have some success here. We've seen the efficiency tick up a little bit. Cam Akers is, is here now, but I don't think he has a big enough role to, to take me off of Madison completely. But... Never an exciting guy to roster, but in, in a good game environment, could see him with 20 touches if they're trying to slow Mahomes down. Yeah, I mean, not the greatest spot in the world, but um, Pro Football Focus has Minnesota as the second best run block, fourth best pass block um, on the season. So just something to note. And um, they can't get any pressure on the quarterback. This like Patrick Mahomes is going to have all day to throw the football in this game. Um, this is going to be a high-scoring game. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I mean – you like the pieces in this game for a reason. It should be a really, really competitive, high-scoring game. Uh, Minnesota should keep up. Their offense is good enough that they should keep up. Um, slow start to the season for them. They really need to kind of get it going here. Um, yeah, really like this game. I mean, Jefferson's my favorite wide receiver. I think I have him over Tyreek this week as far as if I'm going to pay up for somebody. Um, but can you really go wrong with either one of them? I mean, the the biggest difference is like, I know the Chiefs are going to keep up and this game's going to be competitive. Are the Giants going to keep up with the Dolphins? I mean, that's the question you got to keep asking ourselves with Tyreek Hill this week. Um, all right. I don't think we have anything else to add. KJ Osborne, I would prefer Jordan Addison, but KJ Osborne does have a red zone presence for some odd reason. And uh, don't mind Hawkinson. I like everybody here. All right. Let's uh, morning grind game. Let me pull up lineup HQ real quick so we can look at some ownership. All right. Quarterback, 300-plus passing yards. Who do you got this week? I'm going a little off the board here. There's a lot of cheap quarterbacks in play. Uh, C.J. Stroud has done it in two of his four games this year. Matchup in the Dome against Atlanta. I'm on some C.J. Stroud this week. I'm going to go Joe Burrow. I already talked about it. I think this is an excellent spot for Burrow. And um, hopefully it works out for me because I'm playing a lot of him. Um, Low-owned running back for a touchdown. Again, we're recording on Thursday. Ownership is going to change. Who do you got this week? 
I'm a huge fan of this one. I think David Montgomery is going to be really chalky by the time we get to Sunday, but I do not think anyone's playing Jameer Gibbs. He does not have a huge role. We know David Montgomery has the goal line role, but Jameer Gibbs has big play potential. He could take one in from anywhere on the field. This Carolina defense, rush defense stinks. Uh, I'm going to have some Gibbs this week. I'm going to go Pacheco. I, I know like he's getting really close ownership-wise. We have him at like 12%. I don't really love any of the like 4 or 5% options right now. Um, so I'm going to go Pacheco. I like James Conner as well. He's kind of in the same range. I like James Conner too. Quarterback, wide receiver, stack for a touchdown. Wilson squared. Zach Wilson to Garrett Wilson. <laughs> uh, I hope so. I hope you're right. <laughs> I, I, I hope I lose this question to you. Um, I, I hope you're right. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> um, I'm going to go. I feel like this is off the board. Maybe give me Dobbs to Hollywood Brown for a touchdown this week. Dobbs, is, I think <sighs> yeah. Hollywood will be played, but Do- nobody's playing Dobbs, I don't think. And mm-hmm. I don't hate it. He's cheap. Yeah, really cheap. Wide receiver for eight plus targets. Who's getting targeted this week? Michael Pittman's going to get back above the double-digit target mark uh, facing a pass funnel, Tennessee defense. Richardson will need to throw more more than they want him to, probably. So I have I have Garrett Wilson written down, but you put him in a question already. So I'm going to take Garrett Wilson down off my sheet and put in Nuke. I feel like this is the spot, DeAndre Hopkins, against a pass funnel. They have to throw the football. Indianapolis is going to try to stop the run. They're going to have to throw the football here, and I think Hopkins benefits from that, so I'll go Hopkins, eight-plus targets. Uh, Tight end for a touchdown. My tight end for a touchdown last week was Cole Komet. It makes me even more frustrated that I was so high on Komet and I talked myself into taking him (laughs) out of my main lineup. Brutal, man. It it wasn't fun. I'm going back to Darren Waller. Um, Disappointed everyone in in an island game last week. I don't think anybody will be on him. Great game environment against Miami. The Giants are going to have to throw a ton. They're going to be trailing in this game. Waller could see a bunch of targets. I like him to find the end zone as well. I like that call a lot. Um, just I'm going to go Hayden Hurst. Just more of like just the matchup in general. Like they have been so incredibly bad against tight ends this year that like my research tells me I need to play Hayden Hurst this week against Detroit in the dome and i just i'm gonna listen to it i'm gonna play him i'm gonna play some play some hearst here even though like my initial ranking is i wasn't really high on hearst in general but i mean my research loves loves hearst in this spot so got a lot of green highlighter yeah i still do a lot of pen and paper stuff what up (laughs) um i just feel like when you're writing stuff down and you're taking notes on stuff you just remember it more as you like get into doing a bunch of stuff in the weekend so that's all all right, and I can go back and look at my notes after I get done with NASCAR stuff on Saturday night. That's the real reason. Defense, 10-plus <laughs> points. What do you got for me defense this week? Give me Baltimore facing a banged-up Kenny Pickett and a, just an inept uh, Steelers offense. I know they're expensive this week, but Baltimore looks to be very low-owned. Very low-owned as a defense early in the week. Um, so... I really, I'm with you. I have a ton of interest in the Baltimore um, defense this week. I'm going to go New England. I, I feel like they're a very underrated defense this week that have always been a team that likes to score defensive touchdowns. And 
I mean, Derek Carr doesn't look like he's 100%. So give me give me the Patriots. I'm kind of betting on that um, home run home run for New England this week. <laughs> Let's go to the betting side of the morning grind game. Um, I know you guys love this part of the morning grind game. Give me a against the spread or money line bet that you like this week. I, I mentioned it when we were breaking down the game. I cannot believe Houston is an underdog to Atlanta. They, they've just looked like the far better team. I know they're on the road, but just give me the Houston money line. Keep the points. Plus 110 right. is the best best number I see out there right now. We're having uh, we're having some fun with this one. We're, we're going to money line. I already kind of said mine when we were breaking down the game, but I'm going Jets money line. Um, Denver's defense has been bad this year. The Jets offense could potentially be okay in this spot, and we know – the Jets defense is really solid. So I think the Denver Broncos, I don't, I don't know. I think they're going to struggle in this game over under. What do you got for us this week on an over under bet? I think Miami could beat the 47 and a half point total by themselves <laughs> if they want to. <laughs> so give me giants dolphins over 47 and a half. I saw that line and I was like, all right, well, <laughs> They didn't watch Dolphins put up 70. If Barkley plays, that's a, that's a smash. Like that that game's going over 50 if Barkley plays. Yeah, that game goes to what 50 and a half total by yeah, by lock. So. Yeah. Yep. That's why I like getting in now. I'm going to go Arizona and Cincinnati over 44 and a half. I love this game. Um not only from a DFS perspective. I just I feel like it's a very underrated game this week and it could be a sloppy ugly game and I could be completely wrong, but the pieces that we're looking at burrow getting healthier Dobbs playing way better than we expected. Um, I think this game goes over 44 and a half player prop. What do you got for us on a player prop this week? We both loved him. We both said he was the top running back play on the slate. B. John Robinson line sitting at 76 and a half rushing yards. Give me the over on that against a bad Houston rush defense. I write down two every week just in case. And I had this one written down. Um, I'm with you. I'm very much on this. My second one that I had written down was going back to the last game we talked about, the Kansas City game. I'm going to go Pacheco over 57 and a half rushing yards this week. I think that this line is too low. I feel like he's just someone that is kind of being overlooked by DFS players, by books. Um, he has run over 57 and a half three straight games. The game that he didn't was week one against Detroit. Well, we've come to find out the Detroit defense is no joke. So um the giants or the jets defense last week the jets defense is no joke and he had a phenomenal game so um yeah i like i like this line for pacheco over 57 and a half let's go to a pick em play here on the fantasy pick em sites last week we failed we failed you all we did not hit our two pick power play um we're back this week and we're we're gonna try to make make do on that yeah let's let's give them a better effort here um you love the game environment here you're, you're very much on Joe Burrow, but I think Joe Mixon has a big game as well. Arizona's rush defense has been really bad. Uh, it's Mixon more than 68 and a half rushing yards. All right. I'm going to go to a running back as well, and I'm going to go David Montgomery more than 69 and a half rushing yards this week. I feel like this is a spot David Montgomery gets 20-plus carries, Detroit, um, runs the ball, just absolutely runs the ball down Carolina's throat. And um, Jordan Montgomery or David Montgomery has a big game. He 
has gone for over 70 in two of his three starts. The one game he didn't was the game against Seattle um, where he went for 67 and still averaged four yards per carry. So um, really like this spot for Montgomery. We talked about him when we broke down the games. Uh, Keith, Chicago Bears win for the first time in almost in a year. Win column. <laughs> I know. Your Cubs failed. Now the Bears got to win. I, I mean, you got to be feeling good as a Chicago fan right now. Um any final thoughts before we get out of here for week five? I mean, I was I was kind of starting to get used to the Caleb Williams idea, um, but we do have another out there with Carolina's pick in our pocket as well. So we'll see how that plays out. But agree, this is a, a really fun slate here. We didn't touch on it much, but a super backloaded slate as well. I think all four of those late game, late window games are playable. So definitely make sure that you're late swapping. Any anywhere you get a low owned hit on in an early spot. Make sure, like, don't be afraid to, to chalk up your lineup a little bit around that type of thing. Same thing, if you play a, a chalky guy in the, the early window and he fails, go crazy. Get get really weird with that lineup. Um, try to find your way into a, a min-cash with it. Yeah, definitely late swapping this week. Uh, there's, I mean, the four games that we have. Is it four? It's four games, right? Four games in the afternoon. Yep. Just absolutely phenomenal games. Like, the afternoon slate, I do the afternoon expert survey for premium content, and, like, was looking at it a couple hours ago and it the afternoon slate alone is just fire like it's so yeah. good um so yeah ton of different ways to approach this slate hope everyone has a fantastic week five we'll be back next week for week six probably on friday again because of how baseball schedule is going to go so Thanks for hanging out with us live on YouTube. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind YouTube page. If not, thank you. If you already have, we appreciate it. Back on Monday. Have a good weekend. We'll see you then.